This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 115 of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com and in today's show Kelvin talks to Paul Dunne, award-winning B2B marketing expert with no less than four dummies books to his credit, Facebook Marketing for Dummies, Social Media and Contact Centre for Dummies, Facebook Advertising for Dummies and Facebook Marketing for Dummies 2nd Edition, all coming up on Internet Marketing. Enjoy. So, Paul, was it tough to um, write a book about um, Facebook um, when it's, it's a um, tool and a, a service that changes so frequently? Well, the it's been a wild ride, I mean, to, to say the least. Uh, I would say, if I could tell it from sort of the beginning, when we launched the book back in, oh, I think it was uh, October of the prior year, uh, within a month, I got a call from the publisher saying, we need to change the book. And uh, my reaction was, we just finished the book, you know. <laughs> and she said, well, we, we printed 7,500 and 4,500 sold on the first day, and, uh, which was phenomenal. And, and quite, a, quite a bit of a testament to the, some of the e-books that we wrote, which were, was basically stuff that we had on the cutting room floor, if you know what I'm saying, right? And um, uh, so we put that out and it helped to pre-sell a bunch of books. And she said, you know, there's been so many changes since we've actually printed it that we want you to start rewriting it. But uh, so we started doing rewrites. We did four different rewrites. And these are like edits to the book without actually changing pages or anything like this. And uh, of course, you know, they had the big user interface change, uh, which was really the change that hurt us the most. And uh, well, hurt in the sense of, you know, we really needed we really needed a wholesale change, and a lot of things, minor things, had changed. You know, they sort of pushed the marketplace back, and commerce started to push forward. So, you know, storefronts started to come forward. People like Delta, people like uh, uh, I don't know, Brooks Brothers, uh, J.C. Penney, one eight hundred Flowers, etc. Uh, the like button uh, was another big uh, difference. You know, if you were to read the first printing of the first edition, there, keep in mind there were four printings of the first edition, and now this is the fifth printing uh, and, and a second edition, uh, and in 7,500 at each clip. Um, the like button was a big difference and uh, potentially a big change. And uh, oh, just you know, a handful of minor things that just make you know, the, the nuances of what we said out of date. So there's been a huge amount of change in Facebook um, over the last year or so in terms of you know pages changing and all this type of thing. Do you think that um, though there's all these changes, fundamentally does the approach that a business needs to take to using Facebook change with the technology or is there kind of some fundamental rules that don't really change? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I think you've nailed it. It's, it's a case of the platform is the same, you know, in and of itself. You still need to connect with people. How you do it and <clears throat> how frequently you do it is really the issue. I can tell you the number one thing that I see that that people do absolutely wrong when it comes to, to Facebook, and it's the constant question that I get, which is, you know, hey, I've set up my page. Now what? 
you know, and you know, th- this is this is something that really amazes us to to no to no end. Is people put a lot of faith in the Facebook page and put a lot of effort into shining up the Facebook page. The stats show that uh, I forget how low it is. It's like two tenths of one percent of people actually ever come back to your page. They're interacting with your content in different places, right? So you really have to create <clears throat> a stream of steady, engaging content you know, to get at them. And there's some wonderful case studies on, you know, how people have done this, uh, you know, to keep in front of people. I, I've been calling this lately newsfeed optimization or NFO, right? Because people don't go to your page. Just think about yourself. Think about, I think about myself. I don't go back to, you know, I don't know, the 1-800-Flowers page. I mean, I saw it once. I liked it. Great. Um, but I do see their content in my newsfeed, right, which reminds me of them and keeps them in front of me, almost like an email. And, and now you can see where they were going with their idea of, you know, the new inbox. And um, so people are trying to create engaging content. And the more engaging you are, the better, the, the more often you show up in the newsfeed, right? There's an algorithm called EdgeRank. Uh, which has a lot to do with the frequency, the relevance, and the affinity of your content to the individual, right? So if I like something, that's reasonably uh, some reasonable affinity. But if I comment on something that a brand puts out, that is a higher order of affinity. And therefore, you know, if someone can create content like, let's say, the state of Arizona, and they say, what do you like about Arizona? And I type in, you know, funny-looking cactuses. You know, all of a sudden, I'm going to start to see Arizona, state of Arizona content in my newsfeed more often because I commented on it versus someone who just liked, you know, their their question or liked their content. So, do you think that um, the fact that you can now do a lot more with your page, um, you know, like in terms of iframes and what used to be, you know, Facebook ML and the, you know the death of that and newsfeed uh, optimization, so creating content that's going to do well in newsfeeds, is now actually what's most important. It, that is a, that is exactly it, and that is exactly the difference between edition one and edition two uh, of Facebook Marketing for Dummies, which is that completely wasn't part of our strategy at that point. It didn't exist. <laughs> so, uh, and, and then we started to get comments on Amazon, like you know, there's a lot missing from this book, and we're like, yeah, we know. We just you know we have to crank out a new one. So. Um, yeah, I would think that would be a number one piece for, for many brands today. We're past the point where people are sort of setting up their Facebook page, you know, and, and really when we were writing it, it was, you know, how do you set it up? And I still, to a certain extent, cater to people who are just getting their feet wet with with uh, Facebook, believe it or not. We we teach courses at night. Rich Kruger and I, my, my co-author, uh, teach courses in New York City about about this type of stuff, and and people really, you know, they're they're still very afraid of it and don't know how to set up their page. But you know, for the veterans who have their page up, and uh, don't invest more in trying to make the page look more beautiful. I can tell you that invest in either advertising your page or you know getting uh, engaging content or engaging ideas like a contest maybe. Uh, through different applications like Wildfire app, which we like quite a bit, uh, you know, to do something interesting to get more people to engage with your content and then be part of your brand. You know, they can easily dislike the page or unlike the page and, uh, you know, go away. So, it, you know, you got to capture them and you got to keep them, you know, quite active. 
Do you think it's a shame that Facebook seem to be kind of pulling the, bl- the plug on Facebook ML, so Facebook markup language, and kind of going for the iframe option instead? Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's two things there. One of which is is the idea of them, you know, uh, taking FBML away. They really they've mentioned it. They haven't really done it completely. They haven't pulled the trigger on that. Uh, FBML allows you to to use web based uh, markup language, you know, on their website. It's just really like a, a translator, uh, so that you could actually use portions of your website in in a tab, let's say. And people have done a fantastic job in customizing their pages. I've seen some really great small businesses that have, you know, incorporated a lot of what they what they have on their website into their Facebook page. Very, very nice. They they want to move to more iframes because I believe this is my own personal theory that they want to move more towards commerce, more like a, um, a Yahoo stores, uh, perhaps, and. Um, uh, I think this is really why they're starting to move in that direction. I asked them point blank. No, I never got a real answer uh, from them as to you know why they want to do that. Uh, iframes typically aren't as SEO friendly uh, as as you might remember from the early days of the web when it was like don't do things in iframes. So I still kind of question that in in the back of my mind, like you know why are we going in this general direction? But uh, they must have a, a master scheme. I do think it's interesting also that they started to um, uh, to move more heavily into you know threaded comments, and now they made that purchase this week of uh, that uh, company that does um, uh, group texting. Uh, you, you can see that they want to own a lot more of the conversation and the content around conversations out there. I do think, and this is my own supposition, and and you know let's let's. You know, touch base a year from now. I do think they they want to get in closer towards like an analytics, uh, or you know, or understanding more of the conversations, so that they're able to produce data and be more in the data business. Um, that's that's the feeling I get from looking at those moves. But again, that's you know, one man's opinion and one a couple of data points on a graph, which may or may not really make a trend. But it does make sense that you know they could put more into their pipes and allow people to mine their pipes. They could be in a data business, uh, and also the the indication of the way that they're snuggling up to uh, Bing and using some of their search results to differentiate Bing search results you know based on likes and, you know, and rather than page rank it's a very very different way of going about it and you know who would have thought a year ago that there could be anyone who would challenge google you know now now you're starting to see a a formidable competitor on the horizon uh for google which is really really interesting do you think one of the things that's holding back Facebook marketing is the kind of lack of data that you can get out of the system and the fact that the analytics data is probably a little bit superficial in comparison to perhaps what you might be able to get via a tool like Google Analytics? Ah, oh, so it's an interesting question and, and uh, helps to clarify what I just said, which is from a personal, you know, or, you know, your, yourself or myself looking at our own fan pages, uh, or even our own personal pages, it's hard to get really, really good data. But when you look at their API, their pipes that they're piping out to the analytics engines, those guys are getting really, really rich data out there, right? So I think I think the distinction that you're saying is, hey, we're not really feeling the love when it comes to analytics on our own pages. And that is absolutely true. Um, and there's you know plenty of companies like a Buddy Media and folks who are making a good living out of helping people promote their pages. Uh, page Lever is another one. Um, 
and a few others come to mind uh, very quickly that uh, help you do that and help you track that. So there's people making a living off of that. But I think where they're, where they're thinking is the more industrial strength kind of stuff, you know, uh, because if you think about it, 20% of their traffic is, is mobile, right? So if I was able to say, as Facebook, let's say I was Facebook, I was able to say, hey, listen, if you want, uh, you know, all this data, I can give you only what's been uploaded mobily or what's been uploaded via vis-a-vis PC. I can tell you where, think, think places. Uh, you know, I can give you the geolocation of this. So think of the amazingness for a brand. I'm looking at, you know, a Starbucks cup on my desk here. So if Starbucks said, hey, I want to know, you know, what, what people in, you know, Connecticut said about, uh, uh, about Starbucks on their mobile phone, you know, in, in, that, in that particular location, they could do that. They could absolutely slice and dice that. So I think that's really where their, their head is at when it comes to industrial strength kind of data that they can provide. Um, and be, just because there just isn't the, those kinds of options that are available to them, right? So they're, they're using the self-service advertising. They're using the self-service page and the templates and, and any FBML that they're able to cobble together to customize their own individual pages and, <clears throat> and track the amount of impressions that are happening on their site uh, within Facebook. So it's a very different game. Uh, at that particular level, but still a reasonable game. I mean, if you think you could draw the corollary between them and, and Google, right? Google has a, uh, a premium service for big brands and, and they have the self-service, you know, AdWords that, that you could buy. And, uh, and people are plenty happy with uh, the way that those things work out. Now, you know, clearly you've, you've put your finger on the, the weakest part of that equation for them, which is the small to medium-sized business analytics part of it, um, and they, which they just haven't gotten right, and and by the way, there's at least you know three or four vendors out there that are swarming around that particular idea, and most likely someone who cracks the code really nicely on it will just get sucked up by them, and that'll be the end of it. And with you know the you know it's it's so much that Facebook make available to you, and it you know generally doesn't actually cost any real amount of money. Do you think businesses would be mad not to be um, you know? creating a page and participating on Facebook, given that it doesn't really cost them any money? Oh, absolutely. The way I, I describe it to my mom, and, and this, I'll try to make it relevant to, to you and your audience, is like if, if I could give you a, uh, a billboard in the middle of Piccadilly Square for free, would you take it? Right, and and usually the answer is yes, and that's the way I explain it to my mom. I usually say, hey, if, you, if I gave you a billboard in the middle of Times Square, would you take it? And uh, she's like, absolutely. And, and the reason is because, you know, you've got all these tools. They're all for free. Um, and, and in fact, I've seen an article. I saw an article yesterday of, you know, with all this free stuff from Facebook, why even have a website? And I, I commented on, on that uh, particular blog and said, hey, listen, I wrote the same exact article two years ago saying, you know, with all this great stuff from Facebook, who needs a website? And I got a lot of crap from people <laughs> who said, you know, of course they need a website. You're crazy. And I was just, I was exaggerating to prove the point, but I said, some small to medium-sized businesses may not need to buy servers and, and hire people to make changes to their website and pay somebody to code a website. Here's a free, I, you know, here's a free way to get your message out on a platform for free in in the uh, that has uh, in a platform that has wired together one twelfth of the world's population in less than seven years, so why would I go hire some other people to to build a website? And anyway, so I got a lot of crap about that, but 
uh, I still honestly believe there could be small, I don't know, real estate agents or, you know, pizza joints, you know, or I don't know, Indian restaurants in, in London or something that, that could just have a Facebook page. And, and you notice as of, as of late, people are advertising on the TV, not, uh, you know, not, not the name of or their URL of their company, but their Facebook page. And I don't exactly know what's in their mind for that, but uh, again, maybe they want more likes. But you know, why not also have your website on there? It's a very interesting little thing that's going on here. So there's been some really interesting questions there, Paul, and you know, I'm sure that everyone's going to have come away, you know, knowing quite a bit more about how Facebook works. But if they kind of they're going to finish listening to this podcast, they've got half an hour to go off and do something, and you know, to really make an impact. What would you what would you recommend as their their first things, their must-do items that they should do once they finish li- finished listening to the podcast. Okay, so other than that, uh, that whole idea of you know not not having engaging content, I think the first place you could play, which I usually recommend, is start cross uh, cross selling and upselling some of your other properties. Right. So if you have an email newsletter, uh, I have a lot of clients that tell me that when they put a little you know sidebar that says you know, heard on Facebook or happening on Facebook, that is the most trafficked area of their of their email newsletters. Same thing on their website, you know, so start cross-posting or not necessarily cross-posting, but, you know, cross-linking some of these other channels. The Use the, the fragmentation of this media to your advantage, right? Uh, I also see a lot of people, you know, creating either eBooks or videos or some sort of, as some sort of asset to post up there. But what they typically don't do is, you know, cross-link that as well. So, you know, I'll get to the end of a video. I just saw this the other day. It made me really irritated. It got to the end of this video. Nothing. Nothing happened. There was nothing at the end that said, you know, go here, go there. For more information, go here. Um, I had to dig in the notes. And, of course, the notes were really long, so I had to click on the more. I'm like, who's going to do this? Nobody's going to do this. So, you know, think about those types of things. Of course, there's the... You know, um, uh, one of my favorites is if you've got a great story, play the story out on Facebook. Um, uh, I've seen some great customer uh, uh, win back or customer success kind of stories that are public because they've happened either on Facebook or on Twitter. You know, bring them into uh, onto your page and play those out on your page. It's it's like a great customer reference that instead of putting it into a PDF format, you can just play it out all over your Facebook page. So just a couple of ideas like that to to make it a lot more engaging and and uh, uh, synchronized a lot more across a lot of these different medias. Thanks, Paul. Um, I think Facebook really is a huge opportunity for most businesses. That if they were just a little bit cleverer with what they were doing, they'd probably be able to get a huge amount more from it. Yep, you bet. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. 
Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White is signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. <laughs>